to all places together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you, a story called Transforming Affirmation. As you may know, because I say it like all the time on the podcast, the core affirmation of all places together is that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are. This is the way in which we talk about faith, life, the Bible, our relationships, and how we respond to God's love and God's call for our lives. Here, we affirm and celebrate all gender expressions and identities as being holy and beloved of God. Today's episode is an interview that explores how we can support trans and non-binary youth as they face discrimination in various areas of their lives. For some, this episode may inspire new action, add to your reading list, and lead you to have conversation with people in your lives. For others, this may affirm the work and action that you have been doing for a while. But for everyone, let's remember that caring for the trans and non-binary youth and adults around us is a journey of a lifetime. There is love to be shown now and more love that we'll share later on. Today's guest is Ashley Saunders, and she is the children's minister at Muhlenberg Lutheran Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Ashley uses pronouns like they and she. She's a mom to a trans son and a trans rights activist. Ashley has spent the last two years focusing on community organizing, attending school board meetings, and supporting trans and non-binary students and their families. Thank you, Ashley, for being with us today. I'm so excited to welcome you to All Places Together. Thanks for having me. So a big part of our conversation eventually is going to get to the particular school board recommendations that are on the table right now here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. But first, I want to kind of back up and talk about what church leaders, what Christians, what people who follow Jesus, um, how can we ground ourselves in God's radical love for all people and really show up and care for the trans and non-binary youth um, and students that are in our churches. So if folks are connected to a church community um, beyond APT, what are some things that they should be talking about or planning for or should be doing in their congregations? I think for churches, we need to accept that the time for soft affirmation is coming to a very fast end. There are communities in crisis, and the trans and non-binary community are in crisis all over Virginia, um, all over the United States. And um, we need to be bold in our inclusion and make sure that they know that this is a safe space for them. And that means including it in your literature, putting it on your website, making it very clear that this is a safe space. But it also means helping your congregation understand what that safe space is. It's helping them understand why when someone changes their pronouns, that is so important to make the effort to understand. Um, 
And the Bible calls us to honor each other um, in our own humanity. And so we honor our neighbor and we love our neighbor by learning about them. And we have to believe people when they tell us, these are my pronouns, this is my name, this is who I am, and this is how I am meant to be. And then we boldly affirm it. Um, There is no time to question whether or not this is genuine or even if it exists, because it exists and it's under attack. And so we have to be boldly stepping forward and saying, this is safe. Our church is safe. I feel that so much, um, which is part of the reason why I'm so excited to have this conversation today. And I'm so kind of taken with that shift of language you're making there from soft affirmation to bold affirmation. So when you say soft affirmation, something that comes to mind, um, especially as someone who used to be in the pulpit regularly, is that maybe in my one-on-one conversations or when I'm teaching, I would be, you know, saying trans lives are important. They matter. Trans people and non-binary people are made in the image of God. But maybe that wasn't something I like explicitly said from the pulpit on Sunday. Um, So that's something, a shift that I've made as becoming, you know, the pastor here at All Places Together in, in my public witness. But are there other like types of soft affirmation that you think of like when you say that word where it's like time for a shift to be happening? I think really soft affirmation is you know, um, we have queer couples in our congregation and we love them. They're allowed to be in leadership. There are no boundaries to entry if you are, you know, in a same-sex marriage or something like that. Um, but it isn't at the forefront. If someone goes to your website, someone who is seeking, who needs a place, if they go to your website and there's nothing on there that says we are a safe space for you, um, if we don't boldly declare, like, the, you know, the trans and non-binary LGBTQ AI plus people are not only affirmed, but celebrated here, um, that is that you're softly affirming. Um, you can be a safe space to the queer community. Um, and, and that is wonderful, but if it is not being declared boldly to those from the outside looking in, then you are not affirming. You are accepting, but there is a barrier to entry. Um, when people are in crisis or when people are looking for a faith community, before they, um, before they even visit your church, they will visit your website. They will look on your social media, and they will listen to past sermons. Hundred percent. And and this is where we lay the foundation. They shouldn't have to question if you're affirming. They should know before they walk through your doors, um, especially for trans parents of trans children. Um, it is very scary to enter into a community in a vulnerable space and wonder, are they going to love my child? Mm-hmm. And the world is very ugly and very mean to trans children, um, which is just ridiculous. They are children. Yes. <laughs> um, and 
something that doesn't get talked about a lot is when your child comes out as trans, and this is something that I've seen in many circumstances, your circle gets very small. You stop trusting the adults around you. Um, You will stop trusting friends. You will stop trusting neighbors. And you will question the people around you. Are you safe for my child? And so if you have a family in your church that is super duper involved and their child comes out as trans or non-binary, and all of a sudden they pull back, they're not on the altar guild anymore, they're not coming to Bible study as often, they're attending online more, we as a church need to understand that some, it is very scary. The world is not kind to trans and non-binary children. So they may tighten their circle, but that's when the church really needs to be bold. Mm -hmm. We missed you. We understand that right now your family is figuring their things out, but we are here and ready to celebrate your child with you. And then also as a congregation, if you have people who make offhanded comments, who don't quite understand that maybe there's a a heaviness there or a meanness there because they either have never had to encounter that before or, you know, they're from a generation where that was just how people joked around or they don't understand. It is okay to have loving conversations that say, listen, this is this and this is why this could be hurtful. People will feel unsafe if they hear you say this. I understand that maybe you didn't understand that. Or, you know, if we enter into conversation with love, non-confrontational, just to say things are changing and we need to change um, and be more aware of our words. Most people are like, oh my gosh, I didn't think of it that way. Or, oh, I've always said that, but I could see where that could be, um, you know, harmful to someone. Or they will double down. They will get angry that you've had a conversation with them and you're asking them to change their behavior. And that doesn't mean we abandon them completely. But that means we keep our dialogue incredibly open. And on that point, it should not be a trans parents job to educate you you should be educating yourself you should be learning why pronouns are you know learn the they them pronouns and then use them and you can look to them for guidance when it comes to their specific situation because every situation is so very different but we need to go out and educate ourselves and understand what's happening in the trans community and not just look at, look to um, trans adults or parents of trans children and non-binary adults and parents of non-binary children because the load is very heavy. Yes. And for many of us, we are in survival mode. And so though I am very open and I talk about it all the time, Um, trans student advocacy fell into my lap and I picked it up and I put the backpack on and I started running. Um, For some, they can't not be there. 
Um, They may have lost family members who no longer speak to them or refuse to acknowledge their child. Um, They may have lost um, community in other places, and they don't have the bandwidth to educate because they're too busy protecting. So we have to pick up that mantle and say, we are going to be educated. And we are going to educate ourselves in love and in the the empowerment of these people and these families. Um, And it requires a bold shift. We cannot say we are followers of Christ and refuse to love who Christ loved. And that was literally everyone. Yes. Preach. Jesus never looked at someone and said, what, what pronouns do you use? Yes. This is not for you. And so as followers of Christ, we are to follow Christ's example that when people are being oppressed, we cry out and lament. And yeah, in our we're coming alongside. Yeah. Yes. And in our crying out and lamenting, we walk alongside boldly. Mm-hmm. And we protect and we accept that in our boldness, we will lose friends. In our boldness, people may not be kind to us, but we absorb it because they are already absorbing it. So yes. we have to be the ones who are educated, who are so boldly affirming that people don't even have to ask. I go to these, I go to school board meetings. I don't go as often as I used to just because it's very mentally draining. And um, the kids know I'm the trans mom. You all can't see it, but like (laughs) Ashley has glasses on right now that have the progressive pride flag like on the glasses. So like I am looking at her and it's like, oh, yes, she is. And And I wear something pride on my person every day. And if it's my pronoun pin and I'm in our very small town Walmart, there's usually a middle schooler who makes eye contact with me and taps where my pin is. Um, I get a lot of, I like your glasses. I get a lot of, oh, I really, I really feel this vibe. And when you're in a place that isn't necessarily feeling like people are boldly affirming, when someone who needs a home base sees that and feels safe with you, it is such a holy encounter. And you can do that in your church. Yes. You can have a trans youth blossom into who they really are. And it is a change. Their posture changes, the way they speak changes. That if they were shy, they tend to want to be in conversation more because they finally are free into living as they were created. And if they trust you and they know they can trust you, the encounters are so holy that if you are not changed by those encounters, bravely and boldly against hate, we need to really value that and celebrate it. And maybe accept that seeing that will unlock places of ourselves in our creation that we didn't know we had because we were never given permission to live so boldly. And so it's really big and it is such a holy space, affirming and loving boldly. 
is holy. Amen. And I think the side piece of this is, um, or another side of, you know, why this is so important is that the majority of churches are not going to be bold in their proclamation. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to maybe have some of these soft affirmation things that we talk about. And it can even go so far as that they will say things like all are welcome, get you to be of their part of their community, and then have really harmful and like lifelong damaging conversations around mm-hmm. this thing, around sexuality um, and gender identity and gender expression. And so moving beyond all is welcome to listing out you know, that we are affirming of sexual orientation and gender identity and gender expression and that we are actively anti-racist, you know, that we are working towards accessibility for our siblings who have a variety of mobility or disability issues. Like all of the, all of this is connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so important. <laughs> There's a spec. There's a spectrum of churches. You have fully affirming and out churches, and then you have churches who fully deny the legitimacy of LGBTQAI plus people, and then you have this kind of in the middle. Um, some churches are being very bold at the pulpit. We have many in Rockingham County who say, "Like, do not affirm this." This is sin. This is an abomination. Do not affirm this. And then we have a few churches that say boldly and stand very firmly that like it isn't something that they put at the forefront. And so the middle is kind of mushy. It's like when you mix paint and it turns kind of like brown and you can't really see what the starting colors were. And even though yellow and like pink, so then you're kind of rolling the dice. If I go to this church and I am, you know, and I am married to my wife, are we going to be loved but, or are we going to be completely welcome to be who we are? Or like loved and loved and welcome and, and empowered exactly. and yes yeah it's like the improv so, thing and the time is coming where living in this brown space will not be an option because there is a very bold movement of Christian nationalism which is the church wanting to take over politics. And a particular is, segment of the church. It is a very particular segment of a church. That is true. Um, and the there is a lot of rolling into that. And that's where a lot of this anti-trans legislation comes from. And that that should be what rules us. I often tell people, I want you to think of the most extreme Christianity that you can think of. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, like, you know, when women are forced to wear skirts and they aren't allowed to cut their hair, um, you know, there are some places in the Fundy community where women are not allowed to vote. Then we are complacent in this hatred and bigotry that they want to make law. Mm -hmm. And so this brown area is 
trans and non-binary students are in crisis. And there will come a time where school will no longer be safe for them, unfortunately. So they need safe places to be. This is the church's call. We are the safe place. We are the soft place. Um, I often say hate burns fast and hot. Mm. But it will destroy everything it touches. Yes. And so we have to be the salve to what it burns. And while it's burning, it is scary. And it hurts. And it hurts people you love. And it hurts people you don't know. And it hurts greater communities. It hurts all communities. Toxicity hurts all people. And um, this toxic Christianity that is spreading so far and wide will not just hurt us and the greater church and the LGBTQAI plus community. It is going to hurt literally everyone. But we have to be the South. We have to be the bold ones. We have to be the ones who boldly heal the hurting. And we can't do that in a whisper. No. It's not whisper time anymore. No. And there's so much to unpack about like what that could and would look like in various contexts. But for our conversation today, for those of us who are in Virginia, um, there is a particular... Um, recommendation that's coming from our governor um, that would affect our trans and non-binary students. And so I do want to spend some co- some time mm-hmm. kind of looking at what are those red flags there so that if people choose to make a public comment um, in this public comment period that we're in the middle of now, that they can kind of understand and feel informed um, in what they might write, or if they're talking to family and friends about it, that they can uh, feel confident or a little bit more secure in what they're saying. So here are the red flags and what our governor is talking about. Um, So, and they say parents' rights. So for a lot of people, oh, parents' rights. Like, yeah, I'm a parent. I want to be involved in my child's education. I want to make sure that they're safe at school. Um, So here are the red flags. If your child comes out at school and uses a different name and asks the teacher to use a preferred pronoun, the um, parents have to be called. Which for some people that like makes a lot of sense. But a lot of um, trans and non-binary students come out at school first because the emotional collateral is low. You can lose friends and you can kind of navigate it. But if you lose your family, you've lost your family. Yeah, if your, your parents house. are not confirming, if your parents are would become abusive if they knew, the collateral is very high. Yes. This is a low collateral transition. And they may be still figuring it out. There's this thing that, um, you know, that goes around the trans community. If there's a name you really feel connected to, go to Starbucks and give that name. And when they call it for your order, see how it feels. Yeah. That's kind of what this is. This is just something that they are trying. My son was out at 
we live in a completely affirming um, household. My son was out at school for 18 months before he told us. Wow. For many yeah. reasons. Um, this also means, so say the parents are contacted and the parents are like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you told me. We affirm you. Yes. Um, I'll use my son as an example. Oh, please call him Cody. He, him pronouns. We fully embrace that. Like, thank you. Where do I sign? Not so fast. Teachers can say religious. It is against my religion to accept that trans people exist. And I will not call your child by their preferred name and pronoun. And they have that right. So where are the trans parents rights in all of this? There are Mm -hmm. none. And then there is a barrier to entry. If you want to change your child's name in like power school or on some records, Title IX through the Virginia, through the Federal Department of Education says it is just a form. You just have to fill out a form and trans, trans and non-binary students are protected under Title IX. This is not the case with this. Um, bill. You have to get a birth certificate change. Your child has to have a gender change on their birth certificate. There are many things wrong with that. A, cis people should not be creating barriers to entry for trans people because every transition is different. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, it is expensive and there this is a process and a journey and you're, you may be forcing a student and a family five steps beyond where they're comfortable solely so their child can feel safe at school. Um, my son had to, we were told my son had to have a legal name change if he wanted his name called at graduation four weeks before graduation. Oh my gosh. desperately called a lawyer friend of mine I said and in Virginia and he was already 18 and in Virginia it's just a paper to fill out but it has to go through this court system and you have to pay money um we are not rolling in money um and my friend who was a lawyer I had taught her children preschool said I will handle this for free oh what a gift and 10 days before graduation, my son's name was legally changed. And that really, my son said, I'm not going to walk at graduation if they're going to dead name me. And that is taking away these accomplishments by these beautiful and wonderful students who do the work. Who've earned it. So then you have to, who, and so, so in that you're forcing families to move very quickly on something that they may not be ready to do. And you, if you are a low income family, there is a barrier to entry because you do not have $7,000 lying around to change your child's birth It's $7,000, Ashley? The filing is very expensive. If you go through a lawyer and if they're a minor, it's, you need to go through a lawyer. Um, you have to meet with the lawyer. You yeah. have to pay a retainer fee. You have to pay the filing fees. You have to, if there is another parent that is not affirming, you will have to go to court. 
Wow. And I just so had no idea this, the cost of it. Like, I'm just. And $7,000 is on the high end. But let's be honest. We all know, like, most people are $500 away from a financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Yes. So even on the low end, even if it's $400, not everyone can scrape that up. Totally. So now you have yes. a barrier to entry for low-income families, which we have in the state of Virginia. And that could also create a crisis. So a teacher doesn't have to call a child by their name, even if you fully affirm your child. If you want that to be on their records, if you want to push it that far, which um, no one tells me what to do. So I pushed it that far um, and I had help. You have to have their birth certificate changed. For some people, that is just not an option. And no longer can students, no matter what their parents say, play on the sports team of the gender that they identify as. So there are so many things tucked away in this bill in the name of parents' rights. But when people bring that up, if you're having a conversation and they are just like, I don't even believe trans people exist. Trans parents have no rights. We are not allowed through this bill to fully affirm our children and know that we are sending them into a safe space. And if you are responding in this forum, you can write a novel. You get like 1,500 words, which is a lot of words. Yeah, I did mine the other day. I was surprised by how much space you have. (laughs) Or you can just write. I oppose this. Students will not be safe. And call it that. The other thing that you can do now that you have the information about what is in this policy is when people talk about it online on Facebook, um, is to really say, Hey, did you know it says this? I think you're misunderstanding what this means. And don't, you know, sometimes if you've had a bad day and you are online and the world is a dumpster fire, you just want to argue. Maybe say things not the best way. And and not be kind. And, you know, I I have said and done things in the past couple of years out of sheer frustration. Um, I yelled at a school board meeting and got the gavel um, because I couldn't hear. It was lies and it was misinformation. And I was just to the point where I was so sick of it. And I stood up and I wagged my finger and I yelled and I got a little gavel and they said, Oh, please leave. If you can't be quiet. And I said, I will leave. But I try very hard to, to, um, you know, gentleness, kindness, self-control for that. In the I, try Bible. Very, I very, I try very hard to have self-control, but there are certain ways that you can engage to say, mm, this is really what it says. This is, you know, if someone is fully affirming, this has to happen. That doesn't seem very fair. Um, and then 
there are other tactics being used online and we have to know them. So there's a big conspiracy about furries in the school system. It pops up on my Facebook. um, And then when I kind of popped off about it, I got messages from across my friends across the country being like, oh my gosh, they're talking about this in my school system too. It is a QAnon conspiracy that um, because they have to affirm trans children, they also have to affirm children who identify as cats and dogs. And there are now litter boxes in the bathrooms. Now, and it's being brought up at school board meetings and everyone knows that one school where it's happening. But this is a way to delegitimize the trans community. See, we let boys use a girl's bathroom and now they're letting kids use litter boxes, which, you know, if you really think about it, like at my son's high school, they didn't have soap in the bathrooms for like six months just because like, where's the budget? So supply chain, it's a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. No one is going to put a litter box in a bathroom, but they, we have been conditioned that the worst possible scenario has to be true because we've all collectively had trauma and we've been in survival mode for so long. Mm -hmm. We've lived through the worst possible conditions that we could think of. So why wouldn't this be true? And with that, I just say, if people are posting things like that, or if people are posting off, off color jokes about identifying as a Tyrannosaurus Rex, just be vocal. You know, this is really hurtful. I know you very well. I don't think you realize what you're saying. Or as I like to say, none of this is true. You're hurting communities by putting this. And then I put up a Snopes article or just if you Google furries in schools, it's literally just every state. This is not true in New York. This is not true in Michigan. This is not true because it, it just spread like wildfire and it's still spreading. So, um, no, just no. And again, this is our job. We have to educate ourselves. And when it's overwhelming and it feels like it's too much, walk away for a little while and recharge. Mm, um, yes. I have to do that. There that are self-care times where, piece in all of this is just so important. Yes. Yeah. Um, I go to therapy. Love therapy. We and, love therapy here at APT. Um. I go to therapy and I, and I can't do this work successfully if I don't put my pieces back together a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had to, I took two weeks off of, um, social media except for Instagram. Cause I like reels. Um, but that's not where the organizing was happening. I didn't read the news and I had to breathe. And that is okay. Like right now, if all you have the energy to do is go and make a comment on this public forum, thank you. That takes bravery. It takes courage and you can do it anonymously. If you have the energy to show up to a school board meeting with a sign that says trans rights are human rights, I highly recommend make sure you have a group with you. Ashley, you have shared so many tips and recommendations 
um, and things for us to be aware of throughout this conversation. And I thank you for all of those. And I just kind of wonder here at the end of our time together, are there particular resources that you recommend that you've kind of read or vetted that folks who need 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 a way to get started educating themselves like where can they start or if they're kind of upper level resources that you would recommend um and we're going to link all everything that she says in the show notes yes um so the trevor project um is a great um, resource to understanding um, how to support um, trans and non-binary people in your community. Um, here in my neck of the woods in Stanton, we have the Shenandoah LGBTQ Center. They also have amazing resources on their website um, and will help you find other places in Virginia if you are looking for um, if you are looking for um, support groups, or just further education. The Equality Virginia website has a school board tracker. So you can know what school boards are voting on, what who is, um, who is really pushing for anti-trans policy. And they are really good at holding seminars on how to... Um, gather your people and go and show up and they are very on top of this. So Equality Virginia is a great one. Um, and then the ACLU Virginia is also a really good one to just know what um, is going on in our state of Virginia. If you are interested in what the Bible says about queer Christianity, I highly recommend queer theology. Um, one of the founders is trans. And so it is this beautiful resource of two wonderful people. It's a huge team, but there's two main people. And they um, really are doing the work in educating what queer Christianity looks like. And this is feels kind of like a new term. Um, but, and they have paid, um, workshops that you can do. I did one on the clobber passages. It was $35. You went over five scriptures that are used, um, in churches to dehumanize, um, the LGBTQAI plus community. Um, and it was awesome. I feel so much more equipped now. Totally. Those are used. Um, so, um, queer theology is a really great one and they have resources for parents, for churches, for teens. Um, and then if you're looking for, um, kind of inclusive literature or ways to put inclusive, um, things around your church, uh, illustrated ministries has really great, you are loved flags that use the, um, the progressive pride flag colors um, and they have stuff available in Spanish as well. Um, so there are lots of resources and the ELCA itself protects um, all gender identities in their bylaws. Um, and so that is also a really good resource. Know what the ELCA is saying because um, that is 
the that is where we associate our um, our faith journey. And so it's really good to know what our church says. Um, I learned a lot about um, what the ELCA had said about um, just uh, standing up for the for um, the rights of um, our BIPOC communities. Um, during lockdown. And it was just really helpful to have that baseline. So also find out what the ELCA has to say about the queer community, because it's in there and it's addressed and it's pretty black and white. Um, And just... Well, and it's developed in the places where there has been nuance that can be complicating like it's an ongoing conversation and it is bending towards full inclusion and affirmation Mm -hmm. in a more uh complete way i i I think from my perspective that's what it looks like no and you know there is always room for growth especially as um society shifts and things are you know but um but i i do encourage you to know what what if you are an elca lutheran to know what the ELCA says about it. And then, you know, also don't hesitate to also say, Hey guys, we got some work to do. And right. And, and know that this work is progress. If you are a transparent and you hear this and there is, um, and you just need to be heard, please find me, email me and let me know because, um, we have to do this together as a community. And sometimes it's really hard to find other trans parents, um, especially if this is new and fresh. So please um, reach out to me. I love to talk to people. And um, these are conversations worth having over and over and over again. Goodness. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for sharing your time, your experience this God-given gift of being able to advocate for trans and non-binary students. Thank you so much for all that you've shared with us today. And thanks for reaching out. The Lord's Prayer for Transgender Awareness, written by the Reverend Kim Sorrells. Our mother and father, our beloved parent, in whom we move and breathe and have our being. The hallowing of your name shines forth in the diversity of your children. May your peace and love Justice and equality, inclusion and belonging reign here on earth as in heaven. Grant that our transgender loved ones may have their daily needs met, that they might find gainful employment without discrimination, that they might have access to medical care without fear, that they may have their rights and lives protected, and that they might find a loving community to belong to and to call their own. 
Forgive us the ways that we have fallen short and failed your transgender children. Forgive us of the times we turned away or did not care for the times we laughed or judged their unique expression of your image, for the times we have misspoken, asked too much, or failed to hear. And we forgive those who might have failed us. Lead us away from the temptation to be complacent in the face of injustice, but instead give us courage to stand up and stand with your beloved children. For your love and justice is to be made manifest now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. APT's First Bible Group is underway and we had such a great first session learning about Eve, the mother of a life, and unpacking what the Bible actually says about her versus what we think the Bible says. I'm looking forward to continuing that conversation soon. So thank you to all who are being a part of it. I'm grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, and supporters like you who share generously with all places together. Your financial contributions enable this podcast to happen and for the love to spread. If you've not made a gift before and you'd like to, you can give through our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says give to all places together Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. If you're a member of another Lutheran church here in Virginia and you're interested in being a partner with All Places Together, the Synod has launched a new way for us to join in ministry together. Just have to check out the Virginia Synod website on the new Ministry Starts tab. And there's all sorts of information there on about how you can partner with us at All Places Together or with Micah Street Church or Peace and Hope, which are the other two new ministry starts. We know it can be hard to give financially. So don't forget that I celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with the APT community online throughout the week. One of the most effective ways for All Places Together to reach more people is through your word-of-mouth recommendations. I hope you'll consider sharing this episode with someone in your life who is looking for education and encouragement in their affirmation and love of the non-binary and trans students in their lives. And until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.